It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. You are Locked On Redskins. Your daily Washington Redskins podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Every day. Welcome in, everybody. It is a new episode of the Locked on Redskins podcast. I'm your host, Chris Russell. I know it's been a couple of days since we've been together over the weekend, and so much has gone on. Uh, And I apologize for this episode being a little bit late, just coming back from Canton, Ohio, visiting my kids. Uh, And uh, they don't take too kindly uh, to um, having a share time with dad uh, with work already more than they do. So uh, I do apologize. I will make up for it. We'll have uh, as many episodes as we can possibly crank out just as soon as we can. But please listen, please download, uh, please share, and we will catch you up to date on everything going on in the Redskins world because nothing ever stops. I mean, God forbid, should we ever have like a day of peace around here where there isn't some sort of major rumor or major story or major issue popping up. But the the good news of that is we have plenty to talk about. And let's start, and we're going to do as much of the Tua Tungavailoa, I hate saying his name, uh, rumors and innuendo and speculation as we possibly can in this particular episode so that we can get to everything else in our next possible episode, if that makes sense. So because there's a lot going on besides just Tua talk at number two, um, but that has picked up significant, significant buzz All around the NFL community uh, who, of course, are coming off the combine. And as a result, many mock drafts have actually changed their number two pick, their number two pick to to Tua Viola um, from Alabama, the quarterback for the Washington Redskins. It is a mock draft Monday as we record this. So we will have a couple of different mock draft updates for you uh, coming up later in this particular program. But let's start heading to it. Uh, and getting you through it. So here's what Mike Silver, who has a very good relationship from NFL Network, NFL Media, with Ron Rivera. They're both Cal guys. Uh, And, of course, you might remember Mike Silver did the sit-down profile of Rivera right before it came out that Rivera was the leading candidate for the Redskins' head coaching position and right before he actually took the job. So he wrote this... um, on uh, for NFL media uh, over the weekend, quote, remember that Dan Snyder was preemptive in taking Ron Rivera off the market, wooing him and getting him as his head coach. He had an opening for several weeks. Ron Rivera and Dan Snyder had time to have these types of conversations. So they're not going in blind. Whether Dwayne Haskins is viewed as the quarterback of the future there or not was discussed long before Ron Rivera signed his name to paper. So listen, he's one of the straight shooters in our business. We need to take him at face value when he says we're exploring all options. If Tua is in fact there at number two, if they are satisfied that he is healthy, which is an evolving thing, they absolutely will consider doing that. 
And remember, Arizona did that last year, not after a GM regime change. Ron Rivera now, this is a regime change in terms of personnel. It's pretty understandable that a new coach may see the guy they picked in the first round last year differently than the people who picked him. So there's so much there to unpack here. Number one, the guy that picked him is the guy that hired Ron Rivera, Dan Snyder. Uh, Jay Gruden, I think, as we all know, did not want Dwayne Haskins. I don't believe Kyle Smith either was on board with that. Uh, From what I understand, Jay Gruden and Kyle Smith were philosophically aligned in terms of personnel. Uh, I know what Kyle Smith said at his podium press conference at the Combine about how happy he is uh, seeing Dwayne Haskins working hard around the building, uh, satisfied this, that, and the other thing. Listen. Uh, again, I can't tell you this anymore, uh, and, I, and this has nothing to do with Kyle Smith. This has nothing to do with Ron Rivera. Those of you guys that continue, and this is a lot of people in the media, and it's just absurd, that just continue to believe everything that is said at podiums and press conferences and on record interviews, that if you think that's the truth 100% of the time, 95% of the time, 90% of the time, you're nuts. You're lunatics. You could not be more wrong. Um, I'm not saying that Kyle Smith doesn't think that Dwayne Haskins doesn't have some ability or talent. I just don't believe that Kyle Smith is a huge supporter, quite honestly, of Dwayne Haskins. I, I just don't believe that. I'm sorry, I don't. I don't know that for sure, but I've had many indications over the last year or so that that is indeed the case. And he is essentially the de facto general manager. And he was chosen by Ron Rivera to be his right-hand man. I don't think they're hiring a GM. I think it's Ron, and I think it's Kyle. And I think Ron is a very smart guy, and I think Scott Turner is a pretty smart guy. And they didn't take the Wayne Haskins. And they may not like Dwayne Haskins. And I don't believe they like what they know about his work ethic and maybe what they've seen already, despite whatever they said at the podium. Their other language, the way they've answered questions, Scott Turner back in January, the messages Doug Williams has released to the public, whether it was by design or not, about Dwayne Haskins' work ethic. Again, we've been talking about this for two months There is absolutely no guarantee that they are in on Dwayne Haskins. As a matter of fact, I would probably put it at 50-50 at this point, and maybe even lower than that in terms of in on Haskins. Now, that doesn't mean that they will go a completely opposite direction. But what it means is they are clearly in the market for another option a new quarterback. And if they can find one that they like, they're going to pull the plug. That's what I believe. And then they will deal with the fallout, whether they trade Dwayne Haskins, whether Dwayne Haskins stays around as a backup and competes. Who knows? Does it have to be Tua Tagovailoa? No, it doesn't. Does it have to be Justin Herbert? No, it doesn't. Does it have to be the number two overall pick? No, it doesn't. What do you do if Joe Burrow is a vi- What? Joe Burrow? Oh, yeah. That's right. We're the only people talking about this. Joe Burrow is not a lock 
to go to the Cincinnati Bengals. And again, anybody that thinks Joe Burrow is definitely going to the Cincinnati Bengals is being naive. Once again, we go back to the same problem. You guys that believe that, hook, line, and sinker, that just because Joe Burrow said at a podium press conference with 200 members of the media shouting questions at him that he wants to... He he wants to go number one, and that that means he wants to be with the Cincinnati Bengals? Uh, no. Two different things. I want to go number one if I'm a quarterback and if I'm Joe Burrow. I want to go number one. The problem is the team that is number one, even though that's two hours from my hometown, and I can go home for dinner, as he said, they are notoriously cheap. They are poorly run. And on top of that, they are depth of talent. They don't have a great offensive line. They don't have any good wide receivers because A.J. Green's always hurt, even though they're reportedly going to franchise tag him. And again, the Cincinnati Bengals could be, could be motivated to take somebody else besides Burrow. They could take Tua Tagovailoa. Or they could take Jace Young. Or they could, of course, trade down to a team with multiple first-round picks. The problem is, is, as I've contended, I don't know if they want to pay multiple first-round picks, the guaranteed contracts that first-round picks get. I don't know if they want to do that. So I still don't believe that it is Tua or nothing in terms of the quarterback situation for the Redskins at number two. Nor do I believe that Chase Young is absolutely going to be there. And that it's all of a sudden a guarantee that it's Chase Young versus Tua Tagovailoa. But Mike Silver is saying, basically, if you read between the lines, he is doing what he can to protect his friend by saying, we need to take him at face value when he says we're exploring all options. If Tua is, in fact, there at number two, if they are satisfied that he's healthy, which is an evolving thing, they absolutely will consider doing that. Where do you think he's getting that information from? Where do you think he's coming up with that? You don't think he knows? You don't think Mike Silver knows exactly what Ron Rivera is thinking? Come on. That's absurd if you don't think that. That's preposterous if you don't think that. What he's basically doing is alluding to things. He's basically throwing it out there as saying, hey, this is a very real possibility. This is legit. This is not just phony baloney. He's basically telling you what he knows. He's not telling you for sure in black and white they hate uh, Dwayne Haskins. They don't like Dwayne Haskins, but he's telling you everything you need to know. Everything you need to know. And that's going to upset some Redskins fans. I get it. I don't want them to spend back-to-back consecutive first-round picks on a quarterback either. But I can't tell the new regime who to like and what not to like. I don't think they like him. I've been saying it for a month and a half, two months. I think I have every bit of evidence I need without actual stone-cold proof. The question now is, do they like Tua? Do they like Burrow? Do they like somebody else? Will they take Tua over Chase Young if that's the option? What about a veteran quarterback that's also been thrown around. We'll get into that next right here on the Locked on Redskins podcast. 
Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This is the Locked On Redskins Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Russell. Good to have you with us. Make sure you follow me on Twitter at Russellmania621 at Russellmania621. As well, you can follow the podcast at Locked Redskins, at Locked Redskins. Try and put up as many links as we can there. Also... On top of that, we are available at RedskinsReport.com, RedskinsReport.com, part of SI for all of your coverage there. And as well, you can check me out on the radio at 106.7 The Fan and the Radio.com app as well by subscription, Warpath Magazine, Warpath Magazine and all Redskins monthly periodical uh, produced and edited by my pal Rick Snyder, and I contribute to that. So please check us out and support all of our work. So we also have, in addition to all of the Tuatanga Viola talk, we have some breaking news from Monday afternoon that we covered in our Google News Initiative one in five minute reports. Jenna Lane of ESPN reporting that Brandon Sheriff is expected to get the franchise tag. Not official yet. Redskins still have another uh, couple of days to make that decision official. Uh, And of course, that doesn't mean that they can't do a long-term deal. It also doesn't mean that Brandon Sheriff has to sign it. It also doesn't mean that the Redskins couldn't eventually rescind it, like the Carolina Panthers did with Josh Norman. I I don't think they would. I think Brandon Sheriff is coming back here for one year. I don't know if they're going to do a long-term deal, but we covered that in detail in our Google News Initiative one- and five-minute reports uh, that you can easily get. We put up everything uh, and tweet and promote uh, all of that. That's the best way for you to find out about it. All right, so back to the Ron Rivera quarterback-type talk. Now, we covered a lot of speculation, if you will, in the first segment of our program here. Again, the Mike Silver... Words are more than just words. He knows him really well. You don't have to like it. You don't have to agree with it. But if Dan Snyder hired Ron Rivera, which he did, under the possible, uh, I guess, auspice of, hey, you know what? I might not like the starting quarterback. I might not like Haskins. And Rivera said, look, you got to give me the autonomy to change if I find and determine somebody else. And Dan signed off on that, which it appears that he has. I mean, you would find a completely different day around here. I mean, again, if the Redskins go somewhere else, you will find a completely different way of doing business. That is the first and biggest sign that Ron Rivera's got all the juice if they draft a quarterback high, 
or if they spend big money on a veteran free agent quarterback. Now, I don't think they're going to be able to spend big money on a veteran free agent quarterback because of the disastrous inability to get out of Alex Smith's $21-plus cap hit. Uh, at least they haven't right now, and I, there is an insurance provision. They could save some money, but they still would have a large hit. So uh, the bottom line is this. I think they need to find whatever quarterback they sign or add as cheaply as possible. And there's a couple of ways you can do that. One, via veteran free agency, right? Find a guy that's got no market value in a flooded market. One year, two, three, four million dollars, you know, Ryan Fitzpatrick type, maybe um, another quarterback that gets let go that isn't necessarily expensive. Maybe Miami lets go of Josh Rosen, uh, you know, who they traded a second round pick for. I don't know why they would do that a little too early, but maybe. Uh, just throwing out some possibilities. Ryan Fitzpatrick, I think, is free agent. Uh, there's a number of, you know, Marcus Mariota, I, I think, is going to cost too much money. But with a flooded market, especially now if J- Jameis Winston's on it, you might see a veteran quarterback available for a lot cheaper than the original thought. You might see a depressed financial market because of how flooded it is with proven veterans. So the bottom line is this. The Redskins could still add a veteran quarterback here. Somebody to presumably compete with Dwayne Haskins that isn't automatically considered the starter. And then in the draft... While everybody continues to speculate that they might take Tua Tonga Viola at number two, be able to still trade down, be able to still take Chase Young instead of Tua, uh, be able to do whatever they want, and then still take a quarterback, say, let's call it in the third round, or maybe the fourth round, to develop cheaply. So then you would have a young quarterback to develop, you'd be signing a a veteran quarterback that you liked for a reasonable figure. You still have Alex Smith and whatever he might be able to provide if he is able to provide anything in terms of playing whatsoever. If not, he's basically a glorified coach and quarterback assistant. And Dwayne Haskins. So you have those options out there. Or if you really, really, really wanted to, you could sign a Teddy Bridgewater, who again has been my pick, you know, that, or not my pick, but the guy that I've, wanted all along before everyone else hopped on this train in early January was saying this Bridgewater worked with Scott Turner the first couple of years of his his career when Turner was his quarterbacks coach had very good success in Minnesota with him he's been waiting for his opportunities what five and one with New Orleans last year filling in for Drew Brees or five and oh or whatever it was we all know he's got a rocket for an arm we know he's got some athleticism still Maybe you can craft the contract so that it's a cap hit of, say, 4 or $5 million this year, and then it blows up next year. And if you sign Teddy Bridgewater, and let's just say the cap number is $5 million in 2020, 
along with Alex Smith's $21.5 million and Dwayne Haskins' second-year money, you're basically spending about $30 million on your quarterback position moving forward. But it's with the idea that you have Teddy Bridgewater as your presumed starter. Then, I think if you were to able to get Teddy Bridgewater signed on the dotted line and under a multi-year deal, whether it be two, three, four, five years, whatever it might be, uh, depends on what Teddy Bridgewater wants too. Then you might not need or have the ability to go and get one of the top quarterbacks in this draft, meaning with the number two overall pick, right? If you're going to sign Teddy Bridgewater, you're not going to, I don't think, go with the number two pick. Why would you? I mean, that's just too much. Unless somehow, some way, you just think you have to have two legitimate quarterbacks, which, you know, a lot of teams do think, and you're going to trade Dwayne Haskins and not get pennies on the dollar for him. That's a lot of ifs. But there are a lot of different potentials at play here. We should not rule out any scenario whatsoever. We're throwing it all out for you on this episode. We refuse to be like everyone else and just assume that Joe Burrow is going to go number one and Chase Young is going to go number two. And now just because reports have emerged, we're going to change all of our mock drafts to Tua Tagovailoa at number two because all of a sudden there's reports that they're interested in Tua. And it's a quarterback league. There's no doubt they're interested in Tua. They should be interested in Tua. They should be interested in Jeff Akuda. They should be interested in Isaiah Simmons. They should be interested in uh, Mackie Becton, uh, the, the ridiculously large offensive tackle from Louisville. Uh, Andrew Tom. I mean, they should be interested in everyone. Why wouldn't they be? And I know it's a quarterback league. I get it. And nobody's saying that they won't take a quarterback number two. But we might have an indication based on who they sign in veteran free agency, which comes well before the draft, what exactly they're thinking and how exactly that shapes what they do in late April. That's something that a lot of people are forgetting about. All right, we finish up this episode of the Locked on Redskins podcast with a couple of mock drafts for Mock Draft Monday. That's next right here on LOR. Thanks for being with us. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, we finish up the Locked On Redskins podcast this way here. As we record this, still a Mock Draft Monday. You might be listening to this on a Tuesday or Wednesday, but hey, that's your choice uh, here we go with the combine now in the rear view mirror on the individual pro days uh, and individual visits. Here's Daniel Jeremiah, move the sticks at move the sticks on Twitter. I should say, uh, of course, NFL Network's main draft analyst. He, of course, was on the call with Rich Eisen all weekend from Indianapolis for the scouting combine. He still has Joe Burrow going number one. 
He says, when it's all said and done, I don't foresee any drama here. The Bengals land their franchise quarterback. I still see drama there. I still am not convinced that the Bengals are going to do that um, and try and force Joe Burrow to be happy. Now, they can. They they could. They probably should. But I think they have other options. Jeremiah still goes with Chase Young at number two to the Washington Redskins while saying, quote, I wouldn't rule out the potential that Washington could snag quarterback to a tongue of Iowa with this pick. However, Young would give the Redskins one of the most dominant defensive lines in the league. By the way, he has Jeff Fakuda going three, which he's been consistent with, saying that he expects the Lions to trade out of the pick. Tristan Wirfs up to number four after a good weekend. The offensive tackle for the New York Giants out of Iowa, and then Tua going number five to the Miami Dolphins. And the one thing that people keep forgetting about Tua Tagovailoa is it is not just the medical reports, in my opinion, from the hip fracture surgery. Everybody keeps boiling it down to just if the records come back, if the doctors sign off, da-da. look, he'll recover from that hip injury. Eventually, he'll get cleared, whether it's in March, whether it's in April, whatever. It's the injury history. The kid is always injured. He didn't play a lot at Alabama. Was always hurt. Was always hurt. Again, according to multiple reports, uh, and part of the USA Today network, I think it was the Montgomery Advisor, he had six different injuries. Two ankles, the hip, a quad, a knee, and a finger. That's a lot. That's a lot of injuries in a small amount of time to be worried about. Some small, some minor. Some didn't cause him to miss a game. But do you want to constantly be worried about Tua Tagovailoa being available to play? I don't. Not at the quarterback position. I know some of it is understandable. Guys get banged up. Ben Roethlisberger's been questionable for a good deal of his career. I got it. But you always kind of sensed, well, not always, but... I mean, you had a pretty good idea when when Ben Roethlisberger wasn't ruled out right away that Ben Roethlisberger was going to play. Just because you're on the injury report doesn't mean you're 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 unable to play. I mean, they've got to list you if you've got something, okay? But again, do you want a guy who's played just over two years with six different things? Uh, hmm. Not at the quarterback position for me. Not me. Uh, now maybe I'm wrong, but you know. Um, Jeremiah, the rest of his top 10, Mackie Becton, the offensive tackle, the huge one, uh, from Louisville going number six to the chargers. Number seven, Isaiah Simmons, the linebacker slash hybrid safety, who just had an unbelievable combine going to the Carolina Panthers, Jedrick Wills, offensive tackle out of Alabama, going to the Arizona Cardinals at number eight, Derek Brown, the defensive tackle going number nine to the Jacksonville Jaguars, uh, and number 10, Andrew Thomas, the offensive tackle out of Georgia going to the Cleve, the Cleveland Browns. All right. So one last one for you here, uh, just as we wrap up and we can't spend as much time, uh, Trevor Sikama, who is based uh, largely out of the Tampa area, does a lot of Bucks work. He also did a 6.0 version of his 2020 NFL mock draft on the draftnetwork.com. He also has the same top two, Joe Burrow and Chase Young still uh, going 
after the combine, one and two. So we don't want to get too much time into that. But what's interesting is he has Justin Herbert jumping up to number five in the Dolphins instead of Tua Tonga Viola. So I like that. I like that thought process because I'd I'd take Herbert too. As a matter of fact, he's got uh, Tua Tonga Viola going all the way down at number 13. Wow. To the Indianapolis Colts. Interesting. Interesting, interesting. Um, I mean, you're not going to find an argument with me there. You guys know how I feel about injuries. Uh, the Redskins don't have a second-round pick, so we quickly look ahead to their third-round selection, number 66 overall. And I tell you what, if they land Chase Claypool, who is who Sikama projects him to, the wide receiver slash hybrid tight end out of Notre Dame who just – blazed i think a 442 at the combine for a 238 pound man <clears throat> 64 i think 238 if they can land him at 66 second pick in the third round especially if they find a way to get a second round pick somehow some way via trade wow i mean who could argue with that who could argue with that all right that's going to do it for us right here as part of our mock draft monday series couple of mock drafts for you. We'll have more coverage throughout the week right here on the Locked on Redskins podcast. Thanks for being with us. Lots of other news still to come. We'll have another episode shortly, so don't you dare forget about us right here on the Locked on Redskins podcast. Download us, share us, listen to us, whatever you've got to do on the Locked on Podcast Network, uh, available where all podcasts are, where you normally download. Thanks for being with us. Adios. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.